Hello, and welcome back to Because We Can't Go on a Trip, a mini series by the Hope Venture. This podcast series is brought to you because we were planning on being in Kenya right now with our team, checking in on the student sponsorship project and hosting our annual summer camp with the students. Um, but because of COVID-19, we decided the safest and best option was to not take that trip this year, which made us sad. It did. So very sad. But it also means that we're uh, bringing you a podcast, which is not sad. That's happy. It's true. <laughs> so uh, I'm your host, Ben. And I'm Caleb. And today we are joined by our good friend, Bill. I always mess up your last name. Say it. It's not important, but Grippenstraw. Grippenstraw. I always yeah. say Grippenstraw. Yeah, me yeah. too. I didn't realize it was actually Grippenstraw. Like straw. Yep. Now yep. I won't forget. Like a uh, hand gripping a straw. Bill Grip. <laughs> Bill Grip is, is AKA Bill Grip. Bill Grippenstraw. Uh, friend of the pod is here joining us. Uh, Bill <laughs> traveled with us for the first time. Um, last year on our trip, um, and he's got a lot of stories with that. Bill is a videographer, both freelance, and he works uh, with the video production department at Lincoln Brand Church. Um, mm-hmm. Makes really sweet videos. You can check out mm-hmm. his YouTube channel, his Instagram. We'll plug all that stuff later. Um, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Bill for being on the show. Super talented. Yeah. He, he made some of the, he got some of the shots for some of the Hope Venture, um, the camp highlight videos last year, if you've seen those on YouTube or Facebook. Um, that's it's all Bill's uh, videography work and editing work. So yeah, well, and and also the ten year uh, story video mm-hmm. that Josh put together. He edited oh, yeah. that. Um, he shot the stuff in India, um, but I got to shoot the stuff in Kenya and Uganda. Um, and, uh, I was, I was really happy with how that stuff turned out. It, it looked awesome. And Josh did a fantastic job on the editing, but, um, anyway, it was, uh, yeah, I got to go over there, uh, for the Kenya portion, but also a smaller group of us were, uh, in Uganda at first as well. So mm. I got to really the first part of the trip for, for me, um, and for Caleb and Jill and Cincy was in Uganda for three days, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's a part of, that's a part of the whole venture we haven't talked about yet on the podcast. Do you want to give a little background? So I'm basically the, the reason we go on trips ultimately is to check up on our projects mm-hmm. um, because at the Hope Venture, we partner with local organizations. They do the work uh, of actually executing the projects uh, year round. So we just go over there to check up on it, connect with the partners and see how it's going. So that's ultimately why we're in Kenya and Uganda both. And we have um, we have a student sponsorship project in Kenya, and then we also have a vocational training project in Uganda um, where we partner with this organization called Wakisa Pregnancy Center, and um, it's a center for young women uh, who have been, who are uh, come from really impoverished backgrounds and who have been abused or um, have had a teen pregnancy and uh, are unable to take care of or go through that process of having their baby and are unable to take care of it or things like that. So we partner with that organization to help some of those women um, get some job training after uh, they're able to have their kid. And so we, it's called Agromax is what the vocational training is called. So they, they learn like small scale um, agriculture that they can use in the village and um, yeah, provide for them, for their kid and for, maybe for more people and get an income and things like that. So mm. it also the mama kit project. We also do. Also yeah. With mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. So, um, the mama kit project is where, uh, 
It's actually $7 um, and it provides a, it's called a mama kit. It's a supply kit for all the all the things that you would need to have a safe, clean birth. Um, and in Uganda, you have to, if you're a pregnant woman and you go to the hospital and you don't have the funds to pay for uh, a mama kit, you will be turned away at the door. Uh, so many of these women, that, that impacts the infant mortality rate in a pretty heavy way. So when you go to Uganda, you know, and you learn pretty quick, like everybody need, needs mama kits and they're $7. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty simple way for us to partner, um, in Uganda with that. So, so yeah, we checked up on, uh, whenever we go to Kenya, we also, a small group always goes to Uganda because we have, um, our projects are a little smaller in Uganda and, uh, they're different styles. So we don't, we don't do the same big team, but we always kind of do like a couple day trip and build mm-hmm. joined on that. Yeah. Cause you yeah. guys both traveled together to Uganda. You guys yeah. both split off to go check on that. We, we shared a room together too. And, and I was thinking about this, our beds were right next to each other. <laughs> like literally, you know, there's just a crease in between. Yeah. I've since been to a couple of hotels with that same setup and both times the beds actually pushed apart, but I realized, I don't think we ever actually tried to pull the beds no, apart. There was no need. <laughs> didn't even attempt it so like in hindsight you know we we maybe didn't have to sleep right yeah. next to each other when, but when you're okay. provided a mega bed you you go with it two twin size bed makes one queen size bed it's pretty pretty exactly. awesome yeah we <laughs> also shared a bunk bed in kenya right yeah. after that so yeah yeah we shared a bed for about three weeks too. you, fell, you fell asleep to my voice many times it's true you guys kind of <laughs> had a <laughs> sorry i'm sorry <laughs> I'm bad at pillow talk. Bill was pouring out his, pouring out his heart. Caleb's just snoozing. I, I go on this half hour rant and then I'm like, what do you think of that, Caleb? <laughs> Silence. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. What do you think of that? That's oh gosh. All we, too relatable we also, for people. We also founded a book club while we were in Kenya. Speaking of falling asleep That's a while secret. talking. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, every single night we would we would tell everybody else, All right, we're gonna we're gonna head to bed you know, we got a little little book club we got to we got to talk about our books and then inevitably we would all the, the plan was to go and sit around the, like the the sofas in like the mm-hmm. main room um and we were all just going to read together before bed to wind down at the end of the day at well the and i was camp. editing highlights though. sure yeah. yeah yeah and you were highlighting so it's it like editing club for me but anyway. <laughs> highlighting things yeah um <laughs> which happens at a book club you highlight things right. um <laughs> so we would sit around and then inevitably we would all sit down we'd all open up the book we'd read maybe like a paragraph a piece and then someone would go oh what do you think about c.s lewis when he says this and like mm-hmm. from there it would just be a rabbit trail derailed we were derailed. all like so tired too but it like yeah. it didn't matter like, and every night and one, like two one hours, person yeah. would fall asleep at least one person yeah. well it's usually it, connor, it was connor. <laughs> connor. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway so you guys you guys both kicked off the trip last year yeah. together separate from the rest of the team it was youtube and cincy and jill jill yeah and actually i think it was the first time any guys had gone to uganda um because usually it's just a couple ladies cincy and a couple of the ladies like for the mama kits. I mean, yep. there's that, there's that connection there. Um, you know, moms delivering mama kits and, you know, um, mm-hmm. so is there anything from like a guy's perspective or like for like men experiencing that, was that like, a, were those weird, not weird, but like uncomfortable situations for you guys? Or like, was that, was that hard to, to be a guy doing that or not? Please talk about that. Maybe I'm digging a <laughs> hole and explaining no. it poorly. I don't want to lead you in any way, but I, yeah, I can explain that. I mean, I can start out and Caleb can add, but I think 
I definitely felt uh, uncomfortable in a in an, I guess in a good way maybe, but but just like um, just realizing that a lot of the problems that we were encountering encountering over there were perpetuated by men who mm. were mistreating women um, and being like. Well, I'm a man and like if you hate me because I'm a man I would understand like but that's kind of how I felt a mm. little bit mm. um and then not only am I a man but I I was over there to do video so I'm a man with a camera and I'm trying to find this balance I don't want to like I don't want you to feel like I'm exploiting your situation but I also want you to understand that I'm I'm on your side and I'm here to help tell your story so that um people in America will will um you know know it and be interested in in helping and so, yeah, it was definitely something I was wrestling with. I think throughout the time over there was just like, I'm, I want to be like, you know, kind of silent here and not really like, mm-hmm. I guess, rock the boat too much or say too much because I don't know how you feel about me. And I, I don't want to, I don't know, like make you feel uncomfortable, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of how I felt, but what, I don't know. Do you have anything? Uh, yeah, I feel like I, it's just this like, uh, weird sticky place where you feel like you're, you, you know, you're there for reasons that you feel are good. Like you're wanting to help the world be a better place. Mm -hmm. And yet you're presented like right off the bat with like, why is the world not a better place? Because of men. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, Uh. and so you sit there and you have to reckon with like, it's like like similar to maybe the feelings of like white guilt or like white privilege, like men guilt, you know, mm-hmm. or like just this feeling of, okay, like, yeah, that that's real. There's oppression in the world because of gender and because of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, masculinity. And uh, what do I do with that? Mm. Yeah. So I think it's, a, it's definitely like a very real like emotion. It was a really emotional place to be in mm-hmm. um and i think yeah as a man you you just want to you want to somehow transcend that and yet you also know your limitations and mm. it's like i feel like it's like yeah it, i don't know i guess it's it's just difficult yeah i think well i think that one of my takeaways was that <clears throat> like we have a responsibility if we're aware of that you know as men um to to be different, to treat women with respect and, and to love them and to not sexualize them and to not, um, contribute to this system basically that has oppressed women for thousands of years in many places. And maybe in America, we might think we're a little bit ahead of, uh, you know, how we treat women like maybe a little bit better, but man, that, that sentiment, that chauvinism still exists. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's it's real over here too and i think that um some of these problems like when you're over there like this this applies in general some of them you just like man i wish i could just fix this tomorrow mm-hmm. you know or, or, or i mean right now and then it would be fixed tomorrow mm-hmm. um but then you realize like this is this is very very deep seated and like what I can do is is contribute positively towards change right now. And so I think when it comes to like things like student sponsorship or um, mama kits, you know, you're kind of you're kind of trying to shift it long term and you realize like hopefully 
the next generation does it better. Like I want to do it as good as I can, but hopefully the next generation can learn from, from my example, like my mm -hmm. kids, you know, or whatever, and they can do it better than me. And then their kids can do it better than them. And, and hopefully over time we can kind of like help fix some of these issues mm -hmm. that, um, are very deep seated in, in yeah. cultures, not, not only Uganda and Kenya or, you know, other places, but also even here in America. So, yeah. I mean, we're like, where do you even, where do you begin with that? How do you like, I'm sure that's something that like, were you overwhelmed at any point? Just like, how do I, what do we do? Like, how can Man. we, how can we solve this? I've told, I've told a lot of people this, but I feel like I was thrown into the deep, deep end of the pool. Uh -huh. Um, and may I, you probably feel that way too, but I mean, you had been overseas before Caleb had, and you, I mean, you had too, but, mm -hmm. um, I had never been overseas. I went on a missions trip to Mexico when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of just went cause, uh, there was some girls going on the trip that I was interested in. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally honestly, I, I told my wife that she, she understands, but anyway, that, <laughs> that was high school. That was high school, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that deeply impacted me for sure. And we went and we did a, a few minor projects and came back, but, um, never been overseas and like, you know, we get to Uganda and like first place we visit is this clinic, this crisis pregnancy clinic. And like in the, in the slums of, uh, Kampala mm -hmm. and like the slums of Kampala are like probably the size of Lincoln. I mean, just the, the entire area, maybe even bigger. We're not sure exactly, but just driving for miles and miles through this area and then going to this clinic and like hearing some of the stories and like, I mean, it, the, the woman who worked at the clinics just said that it's like everybody over there has a story that is like, or knows somebody that has like a rape story or something like that. And so, um, you just start to, it's, you can't even fathom it, but it's just like thousands and thousands of people around you that are, um, experiencing these terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. And, and like, it was, it was very overwhelming, I think like, um, but also the, the order of the trip that we did, um, well, actually we can go back to that. You, you wanted to add something. Well, there. yeah. I mean, I just want to validate like the, the sense of being thrown into the deep end. Like we, we were like at the, or we, we got out of the airport, like got in a taxi, went to the hotel, waited around for maybe 30 minutes yeah. and then went immediately like this is from the airport i mean i like we came from lincoln traveled got out of the airport and then like 30 minutes later we're headed to the slums in kampala so you've never seen a slum like that before we're just like following our partner not knowing sh exactly where we are end up in a clinic and there's this woman telling us just like just dumping stories on us like saying like all of the need and it's so apparent you can just see it and then I, I mean, I remember we were we're sitting there as we're talking to this uh, to the uh, I don't remember what her position was technically called, but the uh, nurse, the nurse or, who was yeah. at the clinic or who led mm -hmm. the clinic, the director there, she was informing us like all these stories. And as she's talking, uh, a woman comes in the room and she has a big bandage on her chin and or like kind of all over her, fa her face. And the uh, director like tells her, you can go like sit in the waiting room. Uh, I'll be with you in a second. I'm just like talking to uh, these visitors for a second. And then she tells us her story that, um, that she, that woman had been uh, in her house and a, a man broke in and had actually bit off her chin as she uh, tried to refuse his, um, as he tried to rape her. And it was just, I mean, like so heavy, mm. so quick. And, mm. uh, 
Yeah. It, it, it just, this, that the feeling of being overwhelmed is like, it was almost like, <clears throat> I mean, I, in the moment you can't even really process it. Like you're just like, you're just like wide eyed and just kind of, it's almost like an out of body experience in some ways. I felt like, you know, just like, Holy cow, this is, this is what's happening around mm-hmm. me right mm-hmm. now. Like I can't, I've never been exposed to this much, you know, uh, tragedy i suppose all at once and like um anyway but yeah that was i'll never forget that moment for sure um it's it's hard to even like talk about it like it's hard to (laughs) it's been a year it's hard to put it like on the air like in a podcast like mm -hmm. to say like yeah that i mean to even talk about that woman's particular story you know like it's like heavy there's like a there's there's a weight to it there's also like almost like a a reverence for her mm-hmm. that like needs to be like protected, like yeah. that she is, you know, not like a, n- not a, a person to make a pod, like not a story to make a podcast sound better or right. to make yeah. a point sound better. You know, like there's this really real weight of like her story is real, you yeah, know, and sure. not like clickbait. It's not. Like, yeah. yeah. But I don't it, know. It's just tough. a tool. It's not a tool to be, I mean, Bill, you kind of talked about that with like, with videoing people too. Like, I don't like, I, I remember having conversations with you of like, I, I'm not trying to like find like the poorest of the poor to make a video to utilize for like the hope venture or like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to manipulate this shot mm-hmm. to make it seem like they are, you know, downcast and oppressed. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, like, how do you, how do you capture the downcast and oppressed? How do you, how do you capture them without like taking advantage of them? Maybe that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, exploitation is probably the, the word that comes to mind there. Mm-hmm. I think, I think over there, like you, you just have to like, it's, it's hard to not tell the truth, I guess, because it's all around you. And so I think yeah. that, um, in some senses, like certain, certain parts of Lincoln or, um, you know, Nebraska, like if we're talking about poverty, we kind of have to go like, look for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to film stuff like that around here. Um, and I, I need to like find that, but like there, it's just where, where do you, where do I start? Mm. Um, but it's like so much more than just poverty. Like, um, I think, I think that's another, like, just kind of a random takeaway for me is like, um, we, we know this, this is almost like to the point of, uh, cliche, but we have so much in America and, and they have so little. And so I thought like, Oh, I'll be impacted by that. Mm -hmm. But what what actually impacted me was seeing how people, um, who have so much less than me are still like able to find so much joy and hope and, Mm -hmm. and peace that I don't even have sometimes. Um, and so I think one thing about, as you get footage or photos or whatever, um, it's almost like, how do I look beyond the poverty to see what the other issues are? Cause like the poverty is something that, that we want to help, mm-hmm. but it's like the, the real issue. Like if you think about Uganda, you know, for example, <clears throat> the real issue is men mistreating women. Um, or that's like one of the, mm-hmm. there's other issues I'm sure too, but, but that's like the core of what's causing a lot of these problems with, you know, single moms mm-hmm. and um, moms in poverty needing mama kits because they otherwise they won't get, you know, help at the hospital. And then obviously the poverty then adds to the infant mortality rate. And so it's just like, but you look at the root and it's like, well, if 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 this woman had been 
respected and treated as equal by the men in her life, then none of this would have happened to her. Mm. And so I, I say that's where the, the root is really. It's like, um, anyway, I, I don't know how to capture that exactly. Mm. That's hard to, that's, you can't, that's like, that's a deep seated issue that like, you can't really like capture through just some shots at the slums. But, Mm. but when you tell these stories and you add that context and that footage, um, it's, it's more about how that footage is used in the context of the story you're telling. And so there is still some value in that footage. And so, again, I think the biggest thing for me was just communicating to them as best I could, um, that the purpose of the footage, um, was to like help people in America, like, um, just know what, what it's like over here. Cause they're not here. Um, and most, most people that I encountered understood that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was definitely, uh, you know, a white guy with a camera in the, in the, um, slums mm-hmm. of Kampala, there was definitely a lot of staring mm-hmm. <laughs> coming my way. Mm-hmm. Um, that was slightly uncomfortable, but I also think about like if some random person showed up in my neighborhood and started filming everything, I'd probably be staring at him too. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing a, a picture of you guys maybe once Were you, were you kneeling mm-hmm. in that picture and, I'm sorry. I don't actually remember any of the story, but I, I remember seeing that picture. Could you explain the picture and or explain like the backstory to that picture? I just remember that was like a powerful image for me to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the the book you guys sent out, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So backbone um, donors again, if mm-hmm. you've, if you've got the book, turn yeah. to page something, insert page number. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was Caleb's idea. Um, I think so. You should, you should tell it. Well, the, it was, it wasn't my idea. It was, uh, really, it was my mom's like leading there mm. in this weird, uh, yeah, it was a moment for sure. I think it was a moment that I, that I've kind of taken into my story and now like carry with me and like try to continue to emulate. I think it emulated it again in Kenya, like a couple weeks after that moment and just like keeps affecting me. But, uh, we were at Wakisa, the pregnancy center where, uh, it's like there was about 25 young women, um, young, like girls who have been abused and are pregnant and, uh, are being cared for. Um, and, uh, we had already been to the slum. So we had already heard the context was there's oppression here. Like, and then we had heard all the stories in the slum and, um, that Bill was talking about. And then we had, uh, like met joy that woman with the bandage on her chin and but then we the next day we enter this room of 25 like young women and it just was like so real and i think the the awkwardness of being a man was very real in that room like it was all women directors uh and we were sitting up at the front of the room and i just felt like like we were almost on a pedestal again and it just was like, yeah. what is happening? Like this should mm-hmm. not be. Well, and we, and we talked and the, like, oh, we, yeah, all, we, like we all spoke. took a turn speaking and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And like, yeah, that's a cultural <laughs> thing. Like yeah. I, the, I'm glad, I'm glad we and, did. Yeah. But it getting, was like so nerve wracking. They wanted you as, as, as a guest to say something. Yeah. And yes. everybody on our team, not just the yeah. men or yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. But at one point, so a group, I think a group from Berean actually made some blankets for the women at Wakisa. Mm-hmm. Um, just as like a love gift. And, uh, my mom, Cincy, she, uh, was 
like passing those out at the when we were like gathering there Mm -hmm. and as like the girls came up to receive like one at a time they would come up to receive this blanket they would like kneel like before they like grabbed the grabbed the blanket and i was sitting next to one of the directors at wakisa and i asked uh i was like why are they why are they kneeling and she told me that it was a a cultural uh kind of greeting or just like a turn of a way of showing respect as a sign of respect that women would kneel. And so as they're kneeling to my mom, my mom is trying to like kneel as well. And, uh, they're like, they come up and they kneel and then she like tries to kneel a little lower and then they kneel a little, it was like this competition of like who could out kneel the other. It was was, kind of funny. Kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. It was like, (laughs) it, it, went on for a little while like they and they all were laughing like when when you, your mom would kneel because they were like <clears throat> i think they were kind of just like a little bit embarrassed a little bit but like but also like uh i just think they didn't know how to handle it they yeah. weren't embarrassed in like a bad way just like uh this is like really unusual that she would kneel with them yeah. you know and and but it was awesome like <clears throat> from your mom to even lead out that way and like say i'm not below you yeah you know? yeah like i'm equal with or, you. yeah i'm not yeah. above yeah yeah or yeah. sorry yeah, yeah yeah i'm not above you i'm I'm equal with you yeah and that's i think what like that she was it's a gesture but it's also like a posture of like living and my mom's never gonna let someone like make any sort of even if it's cultural like <laughs> say like show that like she's above them like she's she's gonna show them however she can that she's either below or like at least on the same playing field. And so I asked the, the person next to me, uh, I, um, I can't remember her name. I think it's Ruth was her name. Was it Vivian? No, it wasn't Vivian. I think it was Ruth. Um, but I asked her, I was like, so do the, like, do men ever kneel and show respect to women? And she like looked at me and was like, no, like men do not do that. And so then just got the idea that Bill and I decided we would like to show respect to the, after the blankets were all like passed out, we, we stood up and we talked through the translator and said like, we want you guys to know that we respect you as men and, uh, we want to show you that. And so we're going to kneel. And so we just like knelt in front of all these young women. And, uh, yeah, it was like, I think there was an air in the room that like, I felt like I was changing in the, like, yeah. I missed it. Like something was happening in my, in my life where I had to kneel there. I had to like, mm. yeah. Well, they, they like, they gasped when yeah. you did it, you know, but then they like, they like clapped, you know? So it was like this, like, Holy cow, they're, this is, they're doing, they couldn't believe it, but they like were, it made them happy though to see it. So, mm. um, yeah, I was really glad that, you know, the funny thing is you, you were having this conversation on the side. I didn't hear any of that. And then like you started talking and then you're like, Bill and I are going to kneel. That was the first time I heard. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm gonna kneel. Uh, but, but I'm really glad that you did that. Cause that, I mean, totally agree like a hundred percent with the mentality behind it. And like, um, kneeling there was, was awesome. Just a great moment. And, and I had, when I spoke, when, it, when it was my turn first thing in the morning, I had said, um, to them that, you know, men have treat have mistreated you. Um, and we want you to know that not all men are like that. Um, well, and I even, I addressed the elephant in the room. I was like, you know, we feel, what are we doing here? You know, like mm-hmm. me and Caleb basically. 
um, we're kind of out of place here, uh, but we want you to know that not all men are like the men who have mistreated you. <clears throat> and then I think, I think to Neil, there was actually just like a, a perfect visual representation of that. Mm. So, mm. so that it kind of came full circle, I think to, to Neil. So mm. that was the, awesome. The yeah. hard thing is like, I, I feel like that was a profound moment, uh, for at least I know for me and Bill, like for both of us, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I also just like, it's a, it's a gesture, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, right. And I think you still, you leave, like you leave the room, then you leave Uganda and then mm-hmm. it's, the gesture needs to be a, it needs to be a posture, a way of like being mm-hmm. every, every day of life. And I think that's the, that's the challenge, right? When you brought up right. like, what's it like to be a, a man on the trip to Uganda and and Bill talking when you were saying like just about like being a good man and Mm. making change and things like that. I feel like that's like the, that's what it's about now. You know, that's Mm -hmm. like what, what it's really about is like, okay, how, how do we be good men? Mm -hmm. Like how do we write, rewrite the story? And I feel like you also had an element of like, how do I, you connected on the side of being a man, but also like on the side of like being a father and mm-hmm. I feel like there was both like, and even when you brought up one of the things that you, uh, you see change coming through is like through generations mm-hmm. and through setting up well, mm-hmm. like, hmm. yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, if you want to get me real emotional, we can start talking about my kids, but I think that, um, yeah, just, just like how, how I model and, and I'm not. I'm not perfect by any means. Um, and I have to accept that for sure. But I think I also need to, um, I need to let my kids know where my heart is and like, um, do things like we, we, so when we got back, we, we did eventually start sponsoring, um, two kids over there. Well, not kids. I think they're, they're teenagers, but, um, one, one girl from Uganda, her name's Lillian. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, uh, has a, a kid and she's like I think 17 or something so mm-hmm. she's pretty young she's still in high school um, but through sponsoring her she's able to finish high school now and hopefully provide and um, and then Dominic um, in Kenya I'm part of uh, a group that's sponsoring him um, and we have their pictures on our fridge but that you know that's that's like one small thing you know and and we talk about it sometimes but it's mm-hmm. like man I want to like, bring my kids over there too before Mm. they like grow up Mm. (laughs) and um i don't know what that's going to look like or when that's going to happen exactly but but maybe when they're in high school Mm. or at least like encourage them hopefully to even just go on a trip i don't have to necessarily go with them maybe go on a trip with the hope venture um because we i mean we had a lot of high schoolers on that trip as well so um but yeah i don't know and then and then obviously like yeah how i treat their mother is so important, um, for, especially for my boys to Mm -hmm. see, um, you know, and for me to admit fault when, when I don't do it perfectly. Mm. Um, and Mm. that's so hard to do. That is Mm -hmm. so hard to do. Like, um, to just, to just say I'm wrong and to say it to your, 10 year old you know like because because you 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 it's easy to be like i know a lot more than you about life and i do but (laughs) but like man one of the greatest gifts i can give them is the gift of humility and Mm -hmm. the gift of like being willing to see when they're wrong and admit to themselves when they're wrong and i have to live that first Mm -hmm. so i think that 
that, you know, that's just a parenting one-on-one type deal. But I think that, that ultimately if I do it right, um, I can raise children who care about this and who, um, who also live it right. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that it just trickles down through the generations. And, and I think when you, when, like I said earlier, when you think about Uganda and Kenya and, and, um, these places that have like a lot of these deep seated issues, like you can't fix it overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't try, you know, mm-hmm. to help. And also you, uh, you just have to kind of think of it long term. Like how can I impact a, a few people? What's the impact I can have and how can that, grow from there and so that's why it matters that's why it matters if i'm sponsoring two kids that's better than sponsoring zero or one um if i can only sponsor one that's great because it's like i'm trying to do something to again create this effect that will that will reverberate through generations Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of the way i see it anyway i think maybe one of the hard things with all of this too is as you guys are talking about privilege or talking about um being a man in that situation or i mean on top of that being white and from america and a man in that situation and maybe i mean privilege is going to be something we're going to be talking about for i hope for a while after finally going on in the united states (laughs) yeah we need um, to talk on a in like on a household level too i think i mean i think there's those conversations have been happening but maybe not (laughs) on a, a household level or like a parent to children level. Mm. So that's exciting. I think. Yeah. yeah they're happening right in now. my house. Yeah. You know, which my, I love my parents and maybe they'll listen to this episode. We didn't talk about that stuff. We, I mean, just like a small, very uh, white community in central Nebraska. It's like, it's not really, you know, it's easy to, to not have it feel relevant to you, but, but yeah, I think that the, you know, having those conversations with kids is it's a, it's a hard conversation. Cause like, even as, as a parent or as an adult, I feel like I want to protect them. And, and, you know, I feel like I want to censor and like, say like, you know, try to soften like the hard, big, bad, scary world for them. But mm. like, man, I, I feel like, you know, Caleb, I mean, this, this would be an offshoot, but I remember you telling me about when you went to India when you were 12 and going to the, uh, what was the place called the hope, Home of Hope, maybe? Home of Hope, yeah, or something like that, and just, like, how much that impacted you mm-hmm. at age 12, and, like, I see you living it out now, you know, a decade or and more later, um, and, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, man, it, you know, my tendency as a parent would be, I don't want them to see that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want them to know how, how bad it is out there. I want to protect them, but it's like, really, I'm probably mm-hmm. doing more harm than good by being overly protective from that stuff, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that's good parenting or not. This isn't a parenting podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe yeah. Ben and I have a parenting yeah. podcast. We you have, asked you on that. We have a parenting <laughs> podcast. Yeah. No, that's true. We talk about uh, bird analogies and parenting. This uh, came up in the other podcast, actually. So. No, it came up in the other podcast when we weren't actually recording, but oh, thought we were recording. No. Yeah, that did happen. That was on, uh, on the unrecorded colors. podcasts are the best kind. Yeah. It was really free. And then we couldn't quite replicate it on the re-record. So yeah. we could. We. I mean, that would be... That would be fake. It wouldn't be. We owe the viewers more than to repeat an unrecorded <laughs> podcast. It's very true. Very true. Um, I feel like uh, I like we talked about before we started recording this episode that like uh, it's almost it's hard to even like talk as if it's hard to talk about these issues to because we know one we're not experts. We also know like 
we can be a part of the problem Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like traditionally we have been yeah and white men in america have caused a lot of problems let's be honest (laughs) like you know we've done some okay things historically but a lot of bad a lot of bad yeah so i think it's that's and i think it's easy to like well i guess it's sometimes you want to shy away from conversations like this because like who are we to talk about it and i think so it comes with like talking about this comes with uh, a a need for humility, but also like a need for real action and to mm-hmm. like, I just would, I'd be so psyched if, you know, like conversations like this continued to have because it lights a fire like for us to, mm-hmm. to, to recognize where, where we perpetuate problems and how we are a part of that just by being who we are as men and then but like to actually think critically about how we can, yeah, how we can like change and, and, and make the problem less, you know, like mm-hmm. actually decrease uh, the oppression in the world. And uh, I guess it just, it, it, even though it's like, it's difficult to have these kinds of conversations and there's so much in them. I feel like the goal is to, the goal is to know how to live a day-to-day life here in Lincoln, Nebraska, where we live as men who are, good men (laughs) yeah you know yeah well i mean trying to be good men (laughs) right that's that's still still flawed and with this vision of of yeah Yeah. no i mean it's i think it's just one of the big things like a starting place is even just like recognizing history and recognizing how systems have been put into place that have benefited me as a white male in Mm. america um and and that's one thing one one takeaway from kenya we did a homestay over there and I think uh, did maybe some of the other guys talked about their homestays. But um, for me, I remember when we were doing that, we're sitting around in this in this uh, in their in their home. It's just like a one room home um, around this fire. And they had given us a meal and like just so, so generous, you know, like just giving you know, laid out the red carpet for us, you know, as best they could. And it was it was amazing. It was just an amazing night. Um, but we're sitting around and we're they were talking about their hopes and dreams and like mm-hmm. what they wanted to do in life. And, and, you know, even small things like we want to get electricity for our mom in, mm-hmm. in this house and like, well, that's going to cost this much. Well, it would take me this long to earn that much. And like, mm-hmm. and you start to realize as they're talking about their hopes and dreams, how many obstacles are in the way like to get there. And I, I believe those guys they I mean, those guys are awesome. Uh, you know, uh, Dominic and Gideon and um, what's their other brother's name? I can't remember. Anyway, me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> sorry, uh, but uh, anyway, like those guys, I think they are going to achieve their dreams. But like, they, it's going to be so hard and so much work. Whereas like me, I, I wanted to make videos when I was a teenager. It was fun, something I did with my friends, a hobby, and I wanted to do it. And all I had to do was basically work hard and do it. And there was nothing that held me back from like achieving most of my dreams. And, and I still have dreams and I still think I can achieve them and stuff. And so even just recognizing that gap in opportunity, um, and just seeing it firsthand, it's just so easy when you grow up with opportunity all around you to, 
to do whatever you want to do or be who you ever, whoever you want to be, which for white men in America, that's kind of how it, how it has been. Um, not every situation, but a lot of situations, it's so easy to feel like this is what everybody else, this is what it's like for everybody else. You know, this is what mm-hmm. it's like for other people of other races or, or women or whatever. And, and so it's so easy to just get trapped in this bubble and have this very narrow outlook, mm-hmm. um, on, uh, you know, well, if they just work harder, they can do it. It's like, well, try working harder in a country that has a 70% unemployment rate. Tell me how that goes for you. Mm. You know, try working harder when you don't have an education, when you can't read. Like, how far are you going to get? You might get somewhere, but it's very unlikely. Um, and so that's one thing I love about the Hope Venture is just trying to create these um, practical, you know, paths to help people mm-hmm. um, and to create opportunity and then through that and and through Christ, um, you know, they can change and they can they can have better lives and have what they they need to succeed and then also like impact future generations and start to change those cultures. Mm. So I don't know. Does that help De- sum it up a little bit or am I wrong? <laughs> devil's advocate moment. Not devil's oh. advocate. I, I, I think I've heard this though. I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. Yeah. Um personally, but I'm curious on your guys' answers. I don't want this podcast to be too hot topicy, but that's just the nature of it. Um, so, so the person who hears you say that and they're like, "Sure, Bill, I get that," but also, I had a hard childhood, or like my parents were both drug addicts, or like mm-hmm. I didn't. My dad was in jail, and my mom was an alcoholic, and like it was really hard for me. And then they're like, "So," and they're saying like, "Don't minimize my story," or like, "Don't minimize wh- how hard it was in America for me." And you know, like, yeah, I, yeah. I guess like how, how do you, how would, how do you guys respond to that after you go international and you see like, sure you see, you see like it, it was, it's really hard in Uganda or you see like a really hard story. I mean, I guess, how do you respond to the person that like personally is like, don't try to tell me that it was easy for me in America Yeah, because it wasn't, you know, yeah. like, I, I, I feel like I, I've like, I don't want to ever compare like hardships I think mm-hmm. people have true yeah. like people's stories of of hardship are their stories of hardship and that, and they like your hardest moment is your rock bottom and that's mm-hmm. you know that can break you mm-hmm. you can be broken like in a lot of different ways and so like personally I think there's like there is a lot of like hardship and oppression and uh poverty and uh, difficulties in America that like we have to deal with and we have to like figure out how to help. And when I go overseas, I see different forms of a lot of really hard issues. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, to me, it's like, it's basically how do you spend your time? Like, how do you get in the game everywhere? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you be a, like what we're saying? Like, how do we be a good man? How do we, how do we live a good life? Like making the world better on f- making all of those stories valid and helping in like, Hmm. bringing about redemption or bringing about like uh yeah change in in all of the areas where where we see life going uh where life is difficult for people Hmm. i think that's like more so for me than like calling one issue more than another or trying to minimize uh an issue by based Hmm. on comparison or Hmm. those kinds of things I'm not trying to minimize your story in America and I'm not trying to minimize the story over there. Like I want to validate and speak into your situation and the situation there and advocate for both of those. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not trying to compare 
you, I'm not trying to get into an argument with you about how you still have privilege, even though you had a hard life. Like that's not like, I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to do that. Yeah, I'm right. trying to be there in this moment for you. I'm trying to be with you in your story and validate that that sucks or things suck. Yeah. I think there's like when, if, if that's the devil's advocate is that there's, it's like talking about privilege or talking about like these generalities, like that were all white men are a part of this group or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. it has the nature of minimizing like an, your experience. Mm-hmm. But I think that we've got to find ways to talk about what it means to be a man and what, what comes with that, that one doesn't on the one hand, doesn't minimize your, your experience in that. Cause it's definitely multifaceted and it's definitely different than my experience. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different than a lot of people's experience though. At the same time we share a, a culture, we share uh, a history, we share these mm. like norms that go, that go for, that speak to everyone, these narratives almost that speak to like everybody in America in a certain way and even globally, like mm. um, in a certain way. So I think that there's like maybe two, two things playing at the same time where mm. the story, the story of privilege or the story of, um, you know, uh, men having power and that kind of thing. That's a story that we should all be listening to and we should all be uh, figuring out how, how does that story relate to mine? It doesn't, because mine is maybe, because mine maybe I've had a lot of hardship and I haven't experienced that the same way. That doesn't mean that, uh, that that story can't relate to you and that that story shouldn't form how you approach women, how you approach Mm -hmm. uh, racism in America, how you Mm -hmm. approach working overseas. I feel like that's like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. <clears throat> I totally agree. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, like I, like I was saying, even talking about the, the, you know, sitting around in, uh, at the homestay in Kenya. Um, that was for me personally, that was the most apparent thing was like the gap between <clears throat> the opportunity I personally had and the gap between the, the opportunity those guys have. And, mm-hmm. and it's really humbling. I think when you, when you really see that, um, now again, yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not going to be everybody's story. Um, even in, you know, in America for sure. And, um, and I think too, there, there are people that, that had privilege, but also did put in the work and did overcome obstacles that, that I wouldn't understand. Um, so yeah, we need to, we need to think about those things as well. It's a very, it's a very complicated conversation to have, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, that shouldn't stop people from having it, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know where to take it from here. <laughs> um, do you briefly Bill? could you speak into like, so yes, we talked a lot about Uganda and yeah, we gotta be wrapping up time here. Um, gosh, we just gotta have like bill part two eventually. Uh, <laughs> if we ever turn this podcast wow. into a, into a repeating I'm thing. I'm so honored. Um, Either that or I just talk so much. What, so like from all that, <laughs> briefly did you experience anything so you came you to round out your trip you know you went to uganda first you mm-hmm. spent some time there then you came to kenya and you you did merge into the camp after a mm-hmm. day or two mm-hmm. and you did the highlight videos and all of that like one well i already know this it was hard for you to transition into that and, and that's something about both of you yeah. and your transition back into camp as i saw that like i think i really appreciate about you guys like how you engaged your emotions in all of that <laughs> um and I think you guys really like felt things and really wrestled with things and didn't push things down. And like to this, I mean, even in this conversation, I think 
I'm seeing that. I'm seeing like the emotion, <laughs> the things you're feeling. People at home can't see it, but there's been multiple like weepy eyes at points in this conversation. Um, but so I, I respect that with you guys and how you did that. And I was able to see that, but it, transitioning into camp, which is totally different vibe, totally mm-hmm. different. You know, it's like a celebration. It's coming together and like yeah. community and you're making highlight videos, which are supposed to be super fun and cool. And like, they were, they I were think. really cool. They, they were really cool. And I think it really helped it. The highlight videos, students saw themselves in a highlight video and they were like, wow. Yeah. Like, that was I, fun. like, thank you for highlighting me. That thank so you fun. for, yeah. for showing me, uh, they've, I mean, a lot of them haven't experienced that. They've never like been in a, a video, a highlight yeah. video. And you know, like they feel like YouTube stars or something, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, um, so uh, t- tell me about like that emotional transition, not necessarily emotional, but the transition between those two things, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of round out your trip experience in the final couple minutes we have. Yeah. I think it was, it was difficult for sure because it, I think there was just, there wasn't really any gap. It was kind of like, we finished up in Uganda, um, got on a plane the next morning, flew to Kenya, drove across um, from Nairobi to uh, Narok. Narok, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're there. We're at camp, and everybody there is like, yeah, gearing up to have fun and it's and it and to make this big, you know, kind of party slash Jesus time, which is awesome. Um, and so, uh, but uh, yeah, I think for me, it was like, I'm just kind of thinking, man, I just need to like take a breath, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of like, I, I'm not ready to just go and like have fun right now because of everything that I saw in Uganda that was <clears throat> very, very difficult to process. Um, so I don't know, I don't know that there really was necessarily like, uh, an easy solution to that, but we did, we did have a meeting the first night, I think, or the second night when we were in Kenya and, and, uh, since he gave us the opportunity to talk a little bit about Uganda and I couldn't even get through two sentences. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I mm-hmm. couldn't even, I like, I started talking and then I'm just like, Caleb, you have to talk, you have to talk, <laughs> you know, which, cause I thought Caleb was maybe more emotionally stronger than I was at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't even talk about it. And then, um, but I think just like kind of embracing that, you know, pain that I was feeling for the, for what I saw in Uganda and just like, you know, um, when I was in Uganda, I don't think I shed any tears, but, uh, in Kenya, I shed a lot of tears about Uganda. So Mm. it was kind of like in the, because in the moment it was just so like my head was spinning really. It's like adrenaline. Yeah. Like, Oh, that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And then like, you go like 10 minutes later, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it's kind of just this like, you know, ongoing, like Mm -hmm. blow after blow. Um, but yeah, it, it, but like good though, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like weird to say like that. I'm so thankful I got to be there and see it and experience it and like know exactly like we're sponsoring Lillian because of this. Like Mm -hmm. I know exactly what we're helping Mm -hmm. and, and, and why it's worth it and why it matters. And so I'm so thankful I got to be there but it was hard and mm. uh and and that transition back was hard and and then coming back to america we had a night where we talked about uh the trip with like there was probably a couple couple hundred people there or something and somebody asked a question like what was like some hard things that you saw over there and and since he talked about uh joy and the bandage a mm. little bit and then like it was crickets after that and i'm just thinking where do i even begin mm. like i can't talk right now because i don't know how to even like put it into words Mm -hmm. so it wasn't that i 
oh yeah that was it no it was like there's so much but i can't even put it into words and Mm -hmm. at that point i i wasn't ready to talk about it and Mm -hmm. it's been a year and i i feel like i'm still barely ready to talk about it Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. i don't know is that good does that answer the question (laughs) what about you caleb uh well the transition from uganda to kenya was difficult uh i think that uh, yeah the transition from uh it's always it's always hard i feel like i i live in that it's it's not wrapped up (laughs) you know it's not like Mm. it's a i feel like even just a couple days maybe a week ago at staff meeting at the hope ventures like monday meeting i shared a uh story i had written when i was in india in november just like basically asked asking the questions like what do we do with this? Like I, I had just visited this slum that's in a, uh, basically in a, in a landfill essentially, but it's people that live in this dump, uh, like in a garbage pile and they pick through it to, uh, make some money through that. But they actually like, they're living in it. And Mm -hmm. I went there and then I left and it's like, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. And at staff meeting just a week ago, we're just like sitting in silence, like, sitting in that in the and i think it it's impossible to deal with and it it makes you you have to you have to do something about it you have to like change you have to like i don't know it's but it's a question that i want to or it's a it's a thing i want to continue to try to live with or not to try to live with but to uh include in my life so that i continue Mm -hmm. to ask that i should always be asking how can i live with the pain of this world like how can I go on about my day mm. when I know the pain? Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's, mm. I don't think answering the question is like, there's, I don't have an answer, but I yeah. want to always be asking it. Yeah. Yeah. I wrestle with that too. I, <clears throat> one thing I didn't want, like one of my worst fears when I was over there, I remember was that I would come back and remember parts of it, but otherwise, forget all about it and Mm. like nothing would really change in my life Mm. and um i'm glad to report i don't think that's what's happened Mm. i think that yeah in some ways like yeah i have to go on with my life over here and and do what i need to do over here but it's 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 on my mind and we like i mentioned a couple times we're sponsoring some kids that we maybe wouldn't have otherwise taken that jump Mm -hmm. um to do that and that's like a very small thing, but it's like, it's, it's, it's something. And it's like, it's still on my heart. And like, I still really hope and plan to go back someday. Um, you know, I wasn't going to go this year anyway. Um, now nobody gets to go, unfortunately, but, uh, I don't know, maybe next year, or next time you guys need some new footage, you know, <laughs> call, call me up. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that both of you guys, like, the conversation keeps going and like this conversation wants to keep going and needs to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like something that both of you are good at and Bill, especially you, I think in many ways, whether that's me deciding to chat for with you for five minutes. Wait, does that mean I just keep talking? (laughs) (laughs) But, but also like, I think that you're good at continuing to think about things and not letting stuff go. Thanks. And I just really appreciate that. And so, yes, this conversation requires that we keep going and yeah. keep talking about it, which I yeah. think is cool. And I think it's also like this whole conversation has added to 
the podcast series. Yeah. Like I think every single episode has been like a different piece of the mm-hmm. trip and a different piece mm-hmm. of the takeaway. And I think it's, I'm, I wish we could have another episode where we had more fun. No, this was fun for me, but I think that like, <laughs> like having more, fun. I'm happy, laughing. more happy go lucky. But I think like, this is like a vital part of any trip, which mm-hmm. is to like, what do we do with the, with the dirt, with the, with the yeah. suck, you mm-hmm. know, like the hard stuff. Um, so I appreciate that we were able to talk about this with you and that we can continue to talk about it with you. So we'll, well see. I appreciate maybe, you having maybe, me on. Maybe Bill part two eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank any, you. Any final thoughts. Thanks for your honesty. Thanks for, yeah, just, uh, sharing from your heart and that's not a, you know, not an easy thing. So I, yeah. I appreciate that a lot. And well, I appreciate you guys. There's just so much appreciation in this room <laughs> so much right now. Preach. Uh, so, but they can check you out at Bill Bill Griff on Insta. Oh, or what is it? wow! Shameless what? plug. Here we go. Yeah. Um, Instagram's fine, I guess. <laughs> YouTube. I Bill, use it. Bill was. I don't Bill, really use my YouTube. Bill was anymore. Insta famous for like for like a little bit. Bill taught me how to vlog. One really? Taught me everything I know oh, yeah, about yeah, vlogging. Yeah, that was. What whatever happened to the Caleb Wow YouTube channel? Is that? <laughs> top 10 now or uh, yeah i think so <laughs> yeah at least oh man those are I, I actually still have that image on one of my computers the caleb wow thumbnail like <laughs> don't forget to scribe sub and uh what was the other part um smash the like smash button. the like Smash the like button and subscribe sub. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, uh, on Instagram, I am Bill Grip, uh, all lowercase, all one word. And uh, I I do a lot of random stuff. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I appreciate that you're not like, you're not trying to be some influencer. Like you like throw your projects on that you're working on. Just yeah. Try to keep everybody happy with me. But I'm, he does, I'm trying. He does. <laughs> so. Yeah. Shameless yeah, plug for Caleb's no, I mean, influencer I, like, account. I post like, because I do stuff for church and I post random pictures from my church projects. And then I do stuff for, I was in Israel recently. Yeah. And, Iceland last year. I did. I've done a lot of random traveling, and now nobody's traveling. But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. So anyway. all the stuff on the gram. <laughs> Go check out Hope Ventures YouTube if you want to see. Actually, that's a great way to see some of Bill's work. On, yeah, on Hope Venture YouTube or Facebook. So mm-hmm. yep. anyway, Bill, thanks for being on. Caleb, it's been a joy per yeah. usual. Yeah. So see you next you. time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.